Welcome to Divorce and Other Things You Can Handle, a branded podcast from Worthy. I'm Jennifer Butler, and I'm your host. Who are you? When we think about this question, we usually see ourselves from a surface perspective. I'm a mom, a daughter, a divorcee. We might think about career, being a homeowner, or even our friendships. But what happens when some or all of that is stripped away, when we're no longer married, no longer a wife? Who are we if we aren't what we are on the outside? Our guest today is a relationship transition coach who has founded Life Remade. She's a published writer and speaker. Her name is Leah Morris. And she helps people to authentically acknowledge their feelings, thoughts, and emotions. She uses an equal mix of empathy and accountability. And she believes that anyone, anyone can find peace, clarity, and the confidence that they desire. Her work consists of three main areas, emotional trauma recovery, communication skills enhancement, and empowered personal development. And Leah is here to dive into this topic with us today. Thank you so much, Leah, for being here with me today. Yeah, thanks so much for having me. I'm really excited. Me too. Me too. I I love the topic that, you know, we came up with this together in a conversation. And I'm really happy that we're going to bring this to everybody who's listening. Yeah, I think it'll be really interesting for us to touch on all this stuff. And I love that we came up with it together. Just you know, flowing with it. And um, yeah, I'm really excited. Yeah, me too. So tell us a little bit about you, you know, who you are, and what brought you to do the work that you do. So I'm a life and relationship transition coach. And um, I guess I came to that title or, or that description through my own experiencing my own process of divorce and how something like a relationship transition can actually mean an entire life transition. Originally, I thought, you know, I wanted to help people through breakups or divorce. But what I realized, um, you know, through my own process, like I said, is that it it really it really kind of forced me to change everything inside and out and i realized too if i was really going to help people and coach people in a holistic way that i needed to also throw the life part in there um because it isn't just relationships and and maybe if maybe relationships in terms of like relationship to self relationship with family to your romantic partners um but also just, you know, the way that you're navigating and and you're creating a new North star. Um, So that's kind of what I do and, and why I came to do it, or I guess the short version of it. I love the distinction about you wanting to, you know, thinking that you wanted to help people through divorce and breakup, but really it's about life transformation. It's almost like the the reason for the pain, whether it's divorce or a, a rift with a parent or whatever that is, is really just the catalyst, but it's the life transition piece that's the work. Oh God, yeah. That <laughs> the work aspect of it is is what really creates the transformation for sure. I think, yeah, you're right. The catalyzing factors are 
you know, that breakup or the divorce or the loss of a loved one or a career change. Um, but that's kind of just the, the starting point, if you will, of the journey. Yeah. And so, you know, what we're talking about today, you know, really being able to connect and figure out who you are underneath it all, right? When things are stripped Mm -hmm. away, like in a divorce, you know, no longer being a wife, no longer, Mm -hmm. maybe no longer being a homeowner, you know, all those titles, all that outside defining characteristics of ourselves, who are we below that? Mm -hmm. So I guess, you know, the question is like, in what ways can divorce be a trigger for women questioning themselves at a deeper level? Yeah, I came to the realization right before I decided to, you know, get a divorce or or get a separation that I was actually in a, you know, codependent, narcissistic sort of dynamic. I didn't realize it, of course, until I went to an incredible therapist, um, actually a, a couple different therapists who were very quick to point out this fact. And so the more I sort of like leaned into like, well, what does codependency actually mean? And what does this dynamic actually mean? And, and I found that it meant that my identity was really hinged on everything except myself. Mm. It was hinged on that my supporting role in everyone else's life as a friend, as a daughter, as a sister, as a wife. And when I decided to take those things off of the table and to actually like look at my life, you know, without the lens of, I guess, others, it was kind of like this blank slate and it was terrifying because it made me realize like, wait, this means I actually have to take responsibility. This means I actually have to embrace what it is I want. This means I actually have to figure out what I want because I hadn't even like spent time thinking about that because I had been so consumed with tending to everyone else. And I don't want to say that in terms of like, you know, Poor me, I was the servant and everyone else was my master. It was almost like this, this fear that kept me from asking myself what I wanted because I was too afraid, I guess, to, to be judged or to think that I could fail at it or to, to be wrong. Um, so I would have much rather had other people sort of guide me and point me in directions and, tell me what to do because then in that way it almost meant I could never fail. And Mm. maybe I'm going off on a tangent here, but yeah, the idea of divorce and the stripping away of my quote unquote wifehood, (laughs) it actually meant a lot to me, a lot more than just that. Um, It was like entire like paradigm shift. Yeah. I mean, I can completely relate to what you're saying in that, you know, I, I I remember looking at myself too. And for me, I remember looking in the mirror and not only not knowing who I was, but Mm. hating who Mm. I was and who I let myself become. Mm. 
Mm-hmm. And from that point, I really remember having the sort of epiphany of, I have no other option here, but to really dig below the surface and figure out, first of all, like, how did I let myself get here? And who am I? And how am I going to become whatever it is I'm, you know, meant to become, which I had completely lost touch with. So stripping away all of that gave me the opportunity to ask those questions and begin to dive in. Yeah, that that first question that you asked yourself of like, how did I get here? That is literally the first question that I asked myself too. I was sitting there and I was thinking like something something had happened and it was just an extremely painful like denial, not denial, but just sort of like a gaslighting of my of what my experience was and what I was going through. And I remember thinking like, wait a minute, how did I get here? Mm. How does he think it's okay to treat me like this? And I realized like, oh, I, I've, I've let him think that to a degree, you know, I've like, I've allowed this, I've chosen this. Mm. And that just led to so many more questions and answers and questions and answers. And, but yeah, I love that that you asked yourself that same exact question, like how, how did I get here? And I think that's so applicable to, to any transitional period in anyone's life is like, before we can really like figure out where we want to go next, I think it's, it's important to visit, like, how did we get here to begin with? Yeah, I imagine that most people, and I wonder if anyone who's listening, if they had that moment too of, you know, how did I get here? And I think one of the things that I remember too, like going through that same process as you, like how, how is this even possible? How does this person even think this is okay? And, you know, I allowed it and I chose it. And then it's, I think for me, that moment of, oh my gosh, I am treating myself this way, right? Like that was the hardest. Like I remember I'm abandoning myself. I'm gaslighting myself. I'm ignoring my, like all those things and Mm. realizing, gosh, this is how I'm treating myself. And it has to start there. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's funny because I, I feel like, you know, when I'm talking to you, I'm like, did you, were you there for my story too? (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah. It's such a, it's such a gut-wrenching realization to realize that, that one, not only do you have no one else outside of you to blame anymore, but two, like also realizing that you need to forgive yourself for that too. Mm-hmm. I remember asking my therapist, like, what, why am I still angry? I just want to forgive. And she said, maybe you need to forgive yourself. And I realized like in, the, in that moment, like I'm, I, the person I was angry with most was me. Yep. Same story. And again, I, I, I'm guessing this is the same for a lot of women going through this. And I think what we're talking about right here is that infancy stage of the possibility of growth and transformation mm-hmm. and allowing it to be a starting point for transformation you know, or, or, or you get stuck in it, right? 
or Mm -hmm. you get stuck in blame and shame and, and just kind of either blaming yourself or the other person and get stuck there. But Mm -hmm. I think we're in a choice point, right? Where we're speaking about right now, where this awful pain can be the moment that you really discover who you are below everything. Mm -hmm. It's pivotal. Yeah. It's literally like the metaphor earlier of like having that starting point to that journey. It's, it is an incredible journey, but it's recognizing that you're at, you're at a new beginning. Not only are you at an end, but you're also at a new beginning and the end is necessary for that beginning to take place. And I think, you know, one of the things that you and I were talking about was to really strip things down mm-hmm. and taking away those those old narratives of like oh I'm this I'm that I'm a wife I'm you know I'm the supporting role I'm I'm this kind of person in relationships um, or whatever the story may be and and really when you're in this this pivotal moment this is actually where where you are the most stripped down. And you can, you can kind of start from that extremely vulnerable place and say like, how do I want to rebuild for this next leg of my journey? Like now that I have all the pieces laying out in front of me, you know, which ones can stay here and which ones do I want to bring with me and which ones do I want to build on my way? And I think it's just the most beautiful place to to honestly like be at. I, I I talk to, you know, a lot of people who come to me and they're like, I'm not sure if I'm in the right place to to really begin a life coaching journey or or to really start like something like this, like a a transformation. And hmm. I always sort of, you know, pose to them the question of like, what better of a place? Like where where else would you want to begin to rebuild? this is you at your core, you know, this is, this is you and your humanity and your humanness. This is sort of like the you that you've been waiting for. Um, and it, and it's really, it's unfortunate that it has to be something as painful as like a divorce or, or, you know, a a traumatic life experience to bring this out of us. But I think it's also just the most terrific and beautiful um, place to be. Yeah, I mean, because it really does knock us to our knees in a sense where Mm -hmm. maybe it's what we need to stop struggling and almost like imposing what Mm. we think. And I think a lot based on our roles, what we think should happen or how we're supposed to be. And when we're knocked to our knees, all of that gets stripped away. And then it's kind of like, okay, Mm. who am I really? And where am I going to choose to go with this? Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's it's beautiful and it's spoken about in this way because I think that back to this moment of pain, this sort of infancy stage of growing, it can be a space of victimization or it can be a mm-hmm. space of total empowerment. And the way you're speaking about it is a way to take whatever's happened, right? Like no matter what's happened, you may never know why, but you get to make meaning of it. You know, you get to decide what it means going forward. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And you get to decide what it means. And also you get to decide at what rate 
you know, you get to recreate this. And I think that was one thing that was also really like important for me to learn is that along with the recreation of, of my life and, and, and what I wanted for my future and, and who I saw myself as and how I showed up. It's also just the, the idea of like, there is no right timeline either to move through that process Mm. and to sort of come to terms with like, I can have boundaries around everything. I can have a say around everything. There is no rush. There is no, you know, I don't need to wait X amount of time to like start dating again, or I don't need to, to, to figure out like what I want to do with my life in, in, you know, the next six months, like, I can move through all of this in a way that's just completely a hell yes for me. Mm. Right. Instead of like constantly wondering, like, am I growing according to what everyone else thinks? Yeah. You know, like layer after layer just kind of kept falling away of like, even in the recre- recreation of all of it, finding myself still looking to others for that reassurance and, again, stripping down, like, okay, what is this? You know, how can I self-assure yeah. in this process too? Yeah, it's like finally coming to a place where you own that there is no right or wrong way. There's mm-hmm. only the way that is within you, that's right for you, that's that's sort of in, aligned with your own heart and your own desires. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. That's where a life coach can really help to sort of help you to also number one, like call those things out, you mm-hmm. know, align you with like, what are your desires? I think a lot of times I would think like, I don't know what I desire. Yeah. <laughs> like what does alignment with desires mean? Like I, let's start at point a, like I, what's a desire because you know, I've ne- I had never asked myself that before. So having somebody in your corner, who's like been, I guess through it, who can help bring those things to the surface for you, but also kind of give you like relentless permission Mm. to just be in whatever space you're in is extremely powerful. And, and I know even like you and I being able to, to talk and connect has been really cool for me too. um, you know, as a fellow coach to, to sort of be able to, connect with somebody who's been in that similar space Mm -hmm. and who isn't like shying away from, from any of the process of that and what that, what that entails. Yeah. I mean, I absolutely agree. I mean, you and I do similar work and even still, you know, our conversations with one another in brief moments, you know, I have blind spots. We all have had these blind spots and the growth process, if you can welcome it into your life becomes this beautiful dance that really never ends. Mm. If you can embrace it that way. Right. It never ends. That is <laughs> that's the thing. I read this quote the other day that was like, the more like spiritually awake you are, the more responsible you become <laughs> or something like that. And it was just like, Oh, ain't that the truth? Yeah. Like, uh, it just, it's not, it's not a free ticket out no. necessarily. Like that's not the freedom that it brings. It brings like the freedom of responsibility, which it, which, it, which is another type of freedom, I think. Yeah. 
But you're right, it's just this never-ending dance um, with letting go and embracing at the same time. Yeah. When I decided to sell my jewelry after my divorce, the most important thing to me was finding a company that I could trust and one that would also advocate for me. I found this and so much more at Worthy. Their expert staff immediately put me at ease and helped me to get the best price possible for my jewelry. Your engagement ring can be a symbol of your freedom, your journey, and the choices you have made to live your life on your terms and create the future you desire. Let us help you get the best deal possible for the jewelry you've outgrown. Go to worthy.com forward slash podcast to learn more. What would you say for you was the most painful piece through your divorce or through the divorce process that you had to look at and really kind of propelled you into owning and knowing your deepest self? You know, I, and this kind of like came up a year or two after the actual divorce or the actual separation, but recognizing the support system that I had for myself was not what I wanted for my life. Mm. You know, I had, I had this best friend at the time who was also just extremely, I guess, emotionally unstable And it was just like really hard for me to realize that I was actually like choosing some pretty unhealthy relationships. My, you know, my marriage, I I chose to marry a a narcissist and my best friend at the time was also, I I mean, I I don't want to label her, um, but definitely had those tendencies. Hmm. And when I realized that, Um, I also began to realize like, well, why did I do, why did I choose, why did I choose this? Like (laughs) two of like the, the big pillars in my life that I chose were very similar people. And so my most painful, I think part of the process was coming to terms with like, I guess the upbringing that I had and realizing that the way that I understood my upbringing is a big propeller in, in what caused my adult relationships to turn out the way they did. And to have some really tough conversations with myself, my, my soul, and um, even, you know, eventually like my, my parents and luckily they were receptive to those conversations, but it was hard to realize that like all the walls had to fall down. Yeah. And that really hurt because I thought my whole life that I had, you know, a different kind of experience. And when I, you know, dug deeper and deeper, it was like, wait a minute, there is some deep, deep pain in there. And I did a really good job at not letting it come out for so long. So when it finally did, it was like, whiplash yeah it was like wake up you know if you don't ever want this to happen again if you really want to stop this cycle and this you know these choices that you're making for yourself you have to get to the very very root of it 
And so that was a complete identity shift. And, and we talk about like stripping away of the identity. Yeah. And so I think that one of the last or the most recent thing that fell away was, was my role within my, my family and, and the way that I understood that and the way that I was playing that role of being sort of like oldest, uh, oldest child, uh, the nurturer, the one who's taking care. Um, even when, you know, my parents were sort of going through tough times, being the one that was the caregiver and never really causing a, a fuss, not wanting to be a burden and recognizing that like, I actually am deserving of my feelings and my emotions, even if everyone else is going through a hard time. That was like a really painful, but relieving realization at the same time. Like I've been sort of holding my breath for over 30 years and, and realizing like, Oh, I, I don't need to hold my breath so that everyone else can breathe. Like I'm, (laughs) I, I can breathe too. That's so powerful. And it's so I love the way you're talking about it. Because I think that we often talk about this stuff in terms of lessons, which Mm. can almost feel childlike. Um, I don't know, like you've done something wrong, and you've learned your lesson. And now you're going to be better, right? Like, I don't know, there's something just a little punishing about it. But the way you're speaking about it, as realizations, and as allowing things to fall away. It's like Mm. layers, just letting Mm. layers of yourself go so that you can almost connect with those deeper truths. Mm. You know, what's really true is that you are worthy of having your feelings, even if somebody else has feelings too, or is going through something, right? Like that Mm. is a deeper truth for everybody, Mm -hmm. you know, and just letting all that outside stuff fall away so that you can connect with what's really true. It's like getting to the heart of the matter. Yeah. Right. And letting go. And and I think a lot of it has to do with just ego and creating these stories in our minds of, you know, this is the role I had to play and this, this is this, and this is this. And we create these like personas and stories and, and it's all in an attempt to, to protect our ego mm-hmm. and to have like a certain level of control. But you, when we sort of allow that to fall away, you know, like those layers and, and the stripping down, yes, it, it does feel bare. It does feel vulnerable and raw, but it also, it's clarity. Clarity comes when we clear away. It comes when we, when we wipe things off, when we clean up and without allowing these old layers of ourselves to fall away, we're never going to get that clarity. You can add as many like, you know, life coaching tools as you want. But like if you're, if what you're going for is clarity and truth and, you know, real pureness and and joy and love, there's going to be a lot that needs to go. So being okay with allowing that, that shedding to happen over and over and over and over and allowing that rawness to just keep revealing itself. That is so huge. What you just said, like you have to clear away. I think sometimes we deal with pain by adding things, right? Like, yeah, yeah, by piling more and more and more and more to find, I think there's like a search or a, a, a desire to find something. And 
Gosh, what you just said about it comes from cleaning up, from clearing out, from that, you know, emptying, really. Mm. I mean, that's huge. That's so powerful. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I, you know, I think we do find ourselves sort of saying, like, okay, well, how can I solve this? How can I solve this? Is what I'm going through right now. This means I need to do this about it. It's like, what if we just sort of understood that like that's what it is mm-hmm. and then decided when that emotion when that realization when that feeling is is done moving through us what does it need after that and sort of trying not to add and and just trying to see like where how it needs to move because eventually this too shall pass, you know, yeah. eventually like it, it's, it's all, it's all ebbing and flowing. And so almost being patient in, in allowing those things to sort of like flow through us and then fall away. Yeah. The patience, mm-hmm. like you said before, allowing yourself your own time schedule, your own timeline and mm-hmm. having the patience. And I think there has to be a level of faith or, mm-hmm. or deep knowing that this too shall pass, you know, a deeper sense of, of knowing that that is true on some level so that mm-hmm. you can be patient and allow mm-hmm. for the process. Yeah. Having that hope is definitely a big, a big part. And I do, you know, I have talked about my, my family a little bit here, but I do attribute like that underlying faith and hope and trust to my mom Mm-hmm. who went through a pretty painful divorce herself. And I sort of witnessed her going through that at a, at a very young age. And so, yeah, I'm not really quite sure where, where hope and, and trust and, and faith exactly comes from, but I do know it is a big, it is a big piece of that. Um, without that, you know, it would feel pretty overwhelming <laughs> more so than it, than it already can be. Yeah, overwhelming and sort of, um, I don't know, I think faith is really where you're able to plant your feet. And mm-hmm. so it, it almost feel like there you had no grounding, I think, if you couldn't mm-hmm. find one sort of spot that sticks. Mm-hmm. I don't know where it comes from either. We'll have to have another conversation about <laughs> yeah. that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> See what we can come up with. Yeah. So we're coming to the end of our time. So what would you say becomes possible for women when they choose to really navigate divorce and pain and well, really any transition or painful point from this deeper level of understanding and and searching and meaning? Mm. I think what's possible is... And I hate for this to sound corny, but I think it's just limitlessness. I think that when you sort of come to any transition in your life with with the idea that, you know, there's something there for you to grow from or there's there's something there for you to see yourself more clearly with, I think just realizing that, like, I'm a firm believer that all awareness creates choice. And if you can come to anything, something especially as painful as a divorce and say like, what awareness is this showing me 
then you're automatically going to have a different choice. You're automatically going to see yourself in a different way and say like, okay, now that I'm, now that I know that I can either choose to stay the same or I can choose to, you know, change things up or I can choose to sort of sit in this for a little bit and see what else there is or, you know, or whatever, but there is choice. Mm. And I think that what's possible is, is choice. And with, with choices, there are no limits. I think there's always a choice. You know, we have these comfort zones and these edges of ourselves that we think are limits. But when we realize that those limits and those edges are also things that we're choosing for ourselves, then what we also realize is that like, we can choose our way past that. We can be more than we always thought we were. We can not have to play the role that we always thought we had to. You know, we can we can completely change what we're doing with our lives. Like I changed my career. I changed um, my relationship. I changed where I live. I changed the way that I show up, you know, and I and I know with with 100 percent certainty that I still have more choices to come Mm -hmm. if I'm just willing to. I guess, lean into more awareness and, and go through, you know, more, more challenging times with, with that attitude. Cause you know, life, life can be hard sometimes. And, um, I think that knowing that like, you know, with every challenge, this too shall pass, but while I'm here, what can I notice? I think it's, yeah, limitlessness. Mm, I love that. So beautiful. So powerful. Thank you so much for, for being here with me today and having this conversation. Yeah, thank you so much. And please share with our listeners how they can find you after today. Yeah, um, you can find me on my website liferemade.com. Um, I'm also on Instagram under just my actual name. So it's Leah E. Morris. And I'm also on Facebook under Life Remade with Leah. And I'd love to connect with, with anybody listening today, especially, you know, if they're at a point where it sort of feels like, where do I go from here? I just think that it's the most amazing place to begin and to sort of start having conversations like the ones we had today. Hmm. Yeah, I agree. Thank you for that. Thanks. Make sure you subscribe so you can catch every new episode of Divorce and Other Things You Can Handle in your weekly feed. If you like what you hear, rate and review us to help other women like you find us. This podcast is for you, so email us at podcastworthy.com with any questions or ideas that you may have. We look forward to hearing from you.